everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today, we're going to be talking about A College of Magics by Caroline Stevemer. So let's will the magic of books into being. Today, I'm joined by Andrea. Hey, guys. And we both read this book, and we both had about the same feelings on it. So we're going to talk about it. It's a non-spoiler section first, as always, and then we'll we'll talk about some spoilers. So can I, can yes. I say how I came to be to read You always can. <laughs> so, I read this book because Josh read this book, and he didn't super like it, but he, for some reason, thought I would, and so said, hey, read this book, I think you'll like it. That turned out to not be the case, because I also did not love it. Yep. I, it was not my favorite, but I thought that... It really did feel like Carolyn Stevemore had built a unique kind of world and that it felt real and the world kind of f- fleshed out, that there were different properties and different like states and stuff. But on the whole, I just did not connect with this as much. And I think it's because I went in with the wrong expectations. I went in the title, A College of Magics, expecting magic and expecting her, our main character, Ferris, to be learning magic and to be experiencing magic. And this is definitely what you'd call a soft magic system. And because of that, there's no real rules or explanation. And this is just one of those things that makes me not enjoy the soft magic system books that I read because I just can't, I can't connect with enough. Well, they're developed. I mean, I just can't connect with how the magic actually solves the problem, right? Or how the magic is used. Um, did you want to say anything before we move into our spoiler section? No, I think I'm good. All right, so let's just give a brief rundown of what actually happens in the book as we start our spoiler section. So our main character, Ferris Nalanine, is the heir to be the Duchess of the country Galazon. However, she has been shipped off to college by her uncle, Brinker, who she describes as evil all the time. Yeah, and he does that because she he kind of wants to get rid of her before she becomes of age a yeah. little bit. Because when she becomes of age, she will take over the country. The country. Yeah, so he sends her to Greenlaw College, a college that is reported to, you know, teach and house witches, and there there's magic, but nobody's ever really sure. But that's kind of what they always refer to themselves as. She's here at the school for quite a while before she gets expelled. She journeys to Paris to meet with someone, a warden, uh, learns a couple of things, and then heads back to Galazon and Araville to fulfill her destiny and right what was wronged. Now, this was not really what I was expecting. Yeah. So, very first, as she's at the college, she, I mean, it's a college of magics, but at the school, they're not allowed to do magic or talk about magic or inquire about magic. Yes. They're just, they have one lesson a day from the, the main headmistress and she teaches them an hour a day of magic, but they're not allowed to discuss it or practice or do anything with magic on school grounds. Right. And this, (laughs) of course, is going back to that soft magic system where it's not exactly told what the magic system can or can't do. But, of course, while she's here at the Greenslaw College, she does make some friends. Um, and, and some it's, enemies. Some enemies. And it's kind of interesting to see that, like, everybody kind of starts off with her in the beginning. Like, oh, magic's not real. And, oh, they just say that. But then after they do their vigil, which is where they stay up all night, 
you know, individually at certain times and kind of watch out for things that they become, they become attuned to magic and then suddenly they know and can do you, magic, it feels like. Well, either they can or they can't. Like, you either have the Ability. aptitude to do magic or you don't. And you don't know until you practice this vigil, which you don't practice until the third year of your college. Yeah, and so it was quite an interesting thing. And then uh, we meet our main, I, I hate to say antagonist, because she's she's barely an antagonist in this story, but uh, Minari is her name, and she heartily disagrees with the main character all the time. She has figured out her magic, apparently. Uh, also, at the same time that she's been meeting Minari and being you know antagonistic towards her, she also meets Tyrion, who is been assigned by her Uncle Brinker to guard her slash keep her at the school so if she does escape, um, he'll bring her right back to the school. Yeah, basically her bodyguard. Yeah, now I, from the beginning, knew that there would be a little bit of a love triangle, but not really a triangle, but more of just like that budding relationship between Tyrion and Ferris. I did not catch on to that. It it, just like came out of nowhere to me. (laughs) It didn't bother me. I could see it. Um, but it wasn't very Tyrion formed was in the married, beginning. by the way, so that was a little weird that they just randomly fell in love with each other. I don't know. So his wife had died. They didn't say that. Oh, sorry, I missed that part of the book. Yeah, that's okay. So, after Ferris has accomplished her vigil, and she didn't see anything out of the ordinary, but apparently she has the aptitude, she is... She confronts Minari, and Minari has somehow turned Tyrion into a cat. So, you know, that's one thing we know that magic can do, is turn you into a cat. Now... Does never explain how. Or why. Or why. Yeah. So she she turned (laughs) Tyrion into a cat, mainly to annoy uh, Ferris. And then they are both expelled by the headmistress for performing magic in school where they're not supposed to. And throughout all this time, they always talk about... The balance, like magic requires a strict balance. That Greenlaw has an agreement with the four wardens uh, of each cardinal direction, warden of the north, east, south, and west, that Greenlaw can kind of manage itself with its balance. And so they've made it a little easier to perform magic because of that. But when they leave, it becomes harder. Yeah, but only like at the college, only the teachers are allowed to do magic. Yeah, so... At this point, when she's expelled, she is sent by the headmistress, who, you know, had to expel her because she did magic, but doesn't believe she did anything wrong. She has to go visit Paris and meet with a man named Hilarion. And to me, this is where the book started to pick up a little bit. Yeah. And I thought it would be going better and get more exciting. And then it tanked it. I'm sorry. It was it was a quick ramp up. And then a long, slow letdown for me that I, I thought it was going to yeah. be exciting after this. We were finally getting some answers. Because you finally learn a little yeah. bit about... Um, so she meets with she meets with Hilarion, the, um, the Warden of the West. And he tells her the big secret that she's actually the Warden of the North. And so <laughs> she, like, has this... Uh, future and this destiny that she's supposed to go repair all this stuff and then all of a sudden the basically it takes them another like i don't know 10 chapters to even make it back to her hometown so that she can even begin to fulfill her destiny and it's just a kind of random 10 chapters that doesn't really play into the story i didn't feel like yeah it 
definitely where he, he explains to her, hey, you are the warden of the North. You have this responsibility. And then he explains to her kind of what happened and why that her great, her grandmother was the warden of the North, but her grandmother tried to do something and threw magic out of balance. Um, she tried to make like a perfect galazon and that broke magic in that area. And so there's this big rift. Does this rift do anything? Not as far as I could tell. <laughs> no, it, it exists, but apparently it's a problem. Um, so as she's meeting with him, he explains your grandmother did this rift. It's your job to fix it. You are the new warden. And then he sends her, he sends her with Tyrion because apparently he's the one who hired Tyrion to go get hired by her uncle Brinker to take her to Greenlaw College to all bring him back, bring her back to Hilarion. So she goes, she's in Paris here, and one of her friends has come with her, Jane. And Jane is actually, I think, my favorite character in the whole book. Because she, she is a- funny. can actually do magic. Because yeah. at this point, Ferris doesn't really do magic. Like, she's, she doesn't really, she can't perform magic, I should say. She's she done magic, but it was all unconscious, and yeah. she didn't know that she was even doing magic when she did it. But, no, Jane is my favorite Jane character. Jane does magic. Partially because <laughs> she actually point. does magic, and more because she's actually a witty and a funny and, like, a smart character who knows you know, what she wants and what she's doing and how to do it. Whereas Ferris always comes across to me as kind of just the whiny 15-year-old. Why do I have to learn how to do this? Why do I have to practice this? You know, I just want to go back and live in Galazon, which is just a constant throughout the whole book. I love Galazon more than anything else in the entire world. And the rest of it could burn as long as Galazon's fine. And it's like, <laughs> you grow up a little bit. The whole world is not Galazon. Like, yeah. Well, she want like that's all she wants with her life is to go and rule Galazon and to basically kick her uncle out of office so that she can take over Galazon. Yeah, and she refers to her uncle as an evil, an evil uncle, right? She refers to him as evil several times. So I was picturing in my mind, okay, either he's like an evil mustache twirling villain who's blah blah blah. Or he's, like, evil, and he's doing evil magic, and that's why she had to kind of get to the Greenlaw College. And it's like, no, he's just kind of a regular guy who wants to protect his family and, like, rule Galazon so he can live comfortably. And he's not, like, I never got any, like, overtly evil senses from him. At one point, he actually saves her life, so... That's weird, but she after he saves her life, like, she still hates him. She does soften to him a bit. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Yeah, so, as we were saying, she finally gets to Galazon, and she's been instructed to look for something called the Warden's Stair, where she'll find the stair, it will take her to, like, the Warden's secret area, where the rift is, and then she'll be able to fix the rift. Which is randomly guarded by lions. Well. It's never really explained It's not really why, guarded by just lions. just to, like. It is to explain. It's explained to, like, deter people. But it's like, okay, that's, I don't know. Just another random part for me. Okay, you are you are <laughs> way, way off for a second here. So let's let's talk about this first for a second before we go back and revisit the lions. She has arrived in Galazon. She's being sent off to Araville, where the warden seat supposedly could be, and... She's supposed to go there and make a depression. She learns that Minari, her enemy, who was also, you know, exiled from Greenlaw College, is at Erebus, Erebel, excuse me, and is working there. And then she's kind of 
she's not locked in there. entrapment she's, in an entrapment. Her father, the king, has locked her in yeah. a labyrinth. It was weird, but Minari or not Minari, but Ferris can travel the labyrinth in and out just fine without any issue. Even though it's a labyrinth of it's not a labyrinth. It's like a pseudo labyrinth because it's, a garden. it's really just a garden yeah. that anybody could like walk in and out. But apparently, Minari actually can't. So yeah. while she's in Arabelle, she learns that the king she's you know being groomed to marry the king, and she does not like that. And she's being that the king was paid basically paid off to marry her by her uncle. Yeah. So that's like really the only evil thing he's done. But I don't know that you would call that evil either. That's just. Politics. A typical thing that would happen in politics, yeah. Especially like, with competing countries next to each other who are always going for the same space. And, of course, he raised the taxes, which it makes him evil. But at this time, Ferris is being set upon by people who are kingsmen who want to install a new king or people who want to keep the older king in play. And it gets very, at least it felt confusing to me, everything that's going on. Meanwhile, she's able to find kind of this area that's been sealed off. And yes, it is guarded by lions, but remember they put the lions there to keep the regular people out of the area, which it kind of did, except then people just came to take pictures of the lions. Yeah. So, you know, Jane puts all the lions to sleep But they're pretty, somehow. like, mild-mannered lions, too. So far, yeah. Anyway. And then she finds the rift. And the rift is kind of just explained, as I understood it, it's just like a void. Like, it's just there. And but it doesn't describe it at all. doesn't like really describe it, it like, yeah. Even what it does. <laughs> yeah, it exists, and because it exists, the other wardens of the east, south, and west are unable to pass on, and you know, everything's kind of stuck, is kind of what it hinted at to me. So while she's there, she finds the rift, finally, and... I thought there was a great, I thought there was a great scene earlier where she's looking at a rug and she says, you know, when I look at it out of the corner of my eye, it looks like there's a staircase in the rug. And I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the, that's the, the warden. That's the staircase to the warden area. That's the secret staircase she's looking for. You have to use magic and will the, the rug into a staircase. Then you can kind of walk down it or up it or however it works. And I was totally wrong. It's just a, just a stair, just a, rug that looked like a staircase when you looked at it at the corner of your eye. So I was yes. disappointed in that. Very, like, another just random piece of, like, their magic, but not really explained why this rug was... I mean, it wasn't important. So, but, so, but there was, like, a whole chapter, maybe chapter and a half about this rug, and they kept mentioning it, and it's like, okay, if this has no point in the story, why put it in? <laughs> yeah, and it was fine. It just it threw me off, and I was expecting it to be part of it, and it wasn't. So she's found the void. She is trying. She's trying to fix it and will it to be shut, and that's not working. And so she shoves all of her memories of Galazon into the void, and it kind of takes all of her memories of everything, especially her most passionate memories, right? And then near the end, the void closes. She knows that Tyrion has died. I'm trying to protect her. And she just, she she basically is like a ghost at the end. Where she's there in person, but, but her she, mental she, state is completely gone. She no longer has any memories, like, or any, like, passion for anything in her life anymore. Like, because Galazon was her life. 
and then she like threw all of that into the void to shut the void and then or the rift and she like becomes this zombie of like having to learn how to like have passion again i guess yeah i never felt like she had lost her memories i mean she kind of did but like the memories were there they were just like muted memories so instead of being like remembering it and feeling excited about that memory or passionate about it or loving it it's just kind of all gray to her her whole life is now gray and i was like well that seems like a really really like a bad ending to the book (laughs) just yes my hero has saved the day but now she's gray and she doesn't care about anything or you know want to do anything because she has no passion and she meets the king and she you know time goes on and She's getting better, and she's starting to remember certain things better, this and like get passionate. The grand randomness of the entire book. Well, so me. <laughs> she meets. She's been meeting with the king and like performing deals to like, okay, let's keep Galazon safe because she still knows that she loves Galazon. She just can't like feel it. And as she's meeting with the king, she the king, you know, was like, "Hey, it's me, Tyrion." Basically, so when he died. When Tyrion had died, right where the where the rift was closing, the king had also died, and so the warden of the West, Hilarion, put put Tyrion's soul into the king, so that Tyrion could keep living as kind of like a final balance, and that Ferris would you know be able to spend her life with someone she loved as kind of like recompense for fixing the rift. I guess I don't. That know. makes no sense because if. Hilarion could do that, then Hilarion could have just brought Tyrion's body back to life. You didn't have to, like, replace him with the king. Made no sense whatsoever. Apparently he couldn't just (laughs) bring his body back to life. So, it was an interesting book. I will not be reading the sequel, A Scholar of Magics. What about you? Are you going to read the sequel? Yeah, no. Um, I, this book, took me very long, a very long time to get through. I had to go back, because normally what I do when I read a book is I read a book to escape my life, right? And this book, I just felt like all I did was I lost so much interest in it, so I'd start thinking about my life, and then I'd have to go back and read the last five pages because I wasn't paying attention, because I was so bored. So thanks for thinking I would like this book, but I absolutely did not like this book, and also will not be reading the sequel because the first book made absolutely no sense. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to wrap up our discussion of A College of Magics by Carolyn Stevemere. Um, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And if you like hearing me and us talk about these books, give us a like, follow, you on iTunes, any kind of podcatching app. And always remember to will the magic of books.